Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 222, episode one of Dear Daily Zeitgeist! <laughs> it's a production of iHeartRadio, and it's a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. You know, this is normally where we say what national day it is, but it's February. We made it. We made it to February 2022. Ooh. I think that's good enough. Yes. I'll remember to look those up going forward, <laughs> but uh, Miles is out today, and, you know, I'm slacking. I'm slipping. Anyways, uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. That's the power of clamps. That is courtesy of Ben Burris, at Ben Burris, because he heard that I needed an AKA. He also heard that I went and bought clamps at Home Depot for a construction project and was inordinately proud of that fact. And uh, he worked it together. And I appreciate you, Ben Burris. And I'm thrilled to be joined by a very special guest co-host, a producer, here in iHeart's LA podcast studio, helping to create shows like Fake Doctors, Real Friends, and Welcome to Our Show, recently pew, launched. Pew, pew. Yes. Uh, you've heard her on Pop Culture Happy Hour, read her at Vulture, The AV Club, Team Vogue, Pace, The Advocate, all the all the ones. She is the brilliant and talented Joelle Moni. Hi, Jack. What's Hi. up? I'm going to be this show's Oprah today. I was going to bring all the positive light and healing energy. It's Black History Month, bitches. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe I caught you slacking the first day of Black History Month, Jack. I it's know. National Freedom Day, okay? Celebrates freedom from slavery. It's an important one. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's appropriate, though. That's, uh, yeah, you know. February. We made it through January. Re really February, mostly a celebration of January, according to me. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. That is absolutely what day it is. Joelle, how are you doing on this uh, wonderful Tuesday? Oh, man. You know, um, I'm here. I made it. I discovered an older podcast. You know, I'm talking to the kids, you know, the new the new kids in podcasting. I was like, what are you guys listening to? They're like, we're listening to old stuff. I was like, oh, maybe like 2010, like really early podcasting. They're like, <laughs> it's this podcast from 2017. I'm like, stop it. What oh, are we no. talking about? Old? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, it's a few, a few years old. Uh, you can hear like a, an innocent. I guess it's not innocence because that was like in the. But if you, if you listen to anything pre-2016, it is like listening to a historical document, I feel like. <laughs> She was like, it's ancient. <laughs> like to go back and listen to the really cocky uh, Pod Save Americas leading up to the 2016 election, where they're like, all you bedwetters out there, don't worry, Trump's going to lose. That's just <laughs> how I like to kick off my February, my Black History Month. I definitely watched uh, old episodes of Key and Peel where it seemed like a foregone conclusion that Hillary was going to win. Yeah. And it made me sad. I was like, oh, no, we were there. We it were. It was bad. We were all there. Well, Joel, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a hilarious stand-up comedian who you've seen on The Late Late Show with James Corden, among other places oh, you can hear him on his podcast, What's It Called? And on stand-up albums such as <laughs> The Only Man Who Has Ever Had Sex and a remix of that album called The Only Album That Has Ever Been Remixed. Please welcome the brilliant and talented Dave Ross! Oh my God, hello. What an intro. What's up? Thank mm, you. Mm. Welcome to you. you. So I love uh, the 
Sorry, my phone just fell out of my pocket. I'm trying this new thing where I don't have the case on the outside of my phone. I just have the like screen cover and Whoa. it just makes your phone so slippery. Yeah. It, it just falls all over the place. It's a mess. I did not know you like to live so dangerously, Jack. I thought you were just conservative dad, but here you are just being like, you know, if my phone breaks, it breaks. That's just <laughs> life. Say conservative dad? Not conservative <laughs> in your politics, but you know, in your mannerisms. Damn. I mean, oh, I do, no. I do get very excited about door clamps and just sea clamps <laughs> clamps of all sizes you know a lot of people think that nah, I, I won't go into it we'll do that on a, on a future episode i don't want to burn all my good material up top man it is interesting to find that you as a podcast host don't have an anxiety disorder as big as mine you know what i mean yeah which is what drives me to keep my case on my iphone all the time what I have is ADD and uh, a, a daily podcast where I, like, find out stuff. Like, I found out last week there's this thing called the back tap where you can, like, tap the back of your phone if you don't have a case on it. And it, like, is like a fourth hidden button on, on your what? iPhone. And you can program it to do things such as open Shazam, I'm told. I haven't figured that one out yet. What? But, yeah, I haven't I haven't this... figured it out. But And I've only used it like Magical. once. This sounds like you're trying to get me to, this is some sort of like lie to get me to break my phone. Right, like the pool on top of the yeah. middle school where you like laugh yeah, at totally. the kid trying to go up if there. If you throw it at the ground, you get money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, money just comes out yeah. of the coins. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it just becomes gold. Try it. Yeah. I'm obsessed with uh, the premise of your podcast. What's it called is where you guys rename stuff, right? Yes. Yes. It's, uh, man, you know what? Like, you know how it is. You make something you don't want to, like, uh, blow smoke. I don't want to, like, act like I'm so great or something. But I've made a lot of stuff, and that podcast is the most fun I've ever had. That's we, great. Uh, yeah, we just pick something either in pop culture or something in the past pop culture and uh pre and come up with new names from it pre-2017 like really yeah. old stuff like ancient history yeah like middle ages stuff like from two <laughs> years ago and then like uh <laughs> thousands of years ago like 2017 yeah, yeah it's fun man i host with caleb Sinan. he's a lot yeah. of fun yeah, also previous guest on this show oh great what and you guys recently did taco bell yeah that episode came out uh yesterday this yeah. is february 1st yeah it came out yesterday man yeah and I don't remember what we renamed it. Right. I but it's just, about the journey, right? Yes, not, it really is. I don't really even know if we pick one. Yeah. It's yeah. not like somebody could just go in and like do a, like the answers, <laughs> like just a list yeah. of answers. Here's what they named it. Don't worry. You don't have to listen to the show. I feel like a time or two, we have a definitive, like this should be the name. Like we renamed Titanic Boat, all caps. <laughs> and that made us, <laughs> that made us both laugh. So we were like, "All right, we're done. This is a short episode." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, <laughs> the rest are left up to interpretation for sure. Yeah, yeah. The movie boat, boat. Yeah, yeah the movie. No, <laughs> not the boat. Though naming the boat boat might have made history a little more fun. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> boat died. Boat hit yeah. ice, and uh, <laughs> everyone died. Uh, if yeah. the news were like that, that would be a lot of fun. Boat hit ice. Uh, I'm just saying that if James Cameron wasn't so intent on naming everything something that begins with T, he, yeah, or A, it's A or T, or the are his only options. But boat 
he could have created a whole franchise, which apparently he loves doing based on the Avatar franchise, because then there it could have just There is an been... Avatar 2 coming, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, December. this year, supposedly. We'll that see. is my... No, nothing is more mind-blowing to me than that. That seems like <laughs> the grossest misinterpretation of why a movie made money in the history of movies. <laughs> and yet, Dave, I am excited for it. Well, uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Listen, that's, Disney invested an entire park into Avatar, so they're definitely going to keep those movies coming back. Is that true? Did I just not get it? Like, I thought that we all were like, this is bad, but the fireflies being Are flying cool. around your head were cool. Right. So like, The cool. 3D technology, I do think, was a major factor in why people, like went and saw it in the first place but it definitely has its diehard fans and they are like desperate for this second movie and it's also there's just cameron stands you know so it'll probably like all hollywood movies that are not that great actually it'll still make money and the park will still look cool and we'll probably get another dope flying ride out of it so you know it's like stage capitalism we're just gonna enjoy the ride yeah 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 and, you know, like, special effects are great and great sci-fi, like, good-looking sci-fi is great, you know? Yeah. I'm sure I'll feel the same way about the first movie. I'll love the park. I'll love watching it, and I'll just think the plot was dumb, but I'll probably have a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, That's literally like, how I felt. The fact that the ride is supposedly so good is what mostly excites me, because I haven't done that, but, like, I, I don't know. He just, like, doesn't doesn't miss that often. He he generally, like, creates a good time at the, uh, right. at the movie theater, so... I'm, I'm assuming a lot based on that, you know, conservative dads are out here and we're, we're like, Jim, Jim Cameron, he, you know, if he <laughs> believes in it, then we do too. That's the conservative dad promise. All right, Dave, <laughs> we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're going to talk about Cuba's COVID response, their work on uh, their home homegrown vaccines and, you know, how, how it compares to what we got going on up here. And, of course, we'll talk about the big news that Rihanna and ASAP Rocky are expecting the best dressed baby in the history of the species. All of that, plenty more. But first, Dave, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Literally, my last Google search was Zelda Skyward Sword Ghost Ship. It was what I just searched. And it's because I don't know if you guys are into Zelda. I have always been. And then quarantine happened. And uh, and then, wow, it just became everything to me. It became obsession. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I get it. And so I've played all the way through Breath of the Wild. And the sequel is taking its time coming out. And so I'm playing the remake or the like the hd reboot of skyward sword the old wii one which Mm -hmm. i've already played and i couldn't but i've already played like a bunch of the most modern zelda ones and i couldn't remember which part of this thing i was thinking of happened in which game and so i was literally googling to remember which game i was playing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is this so in other words is this the one with the ghost ship was that it's the one kinda... with the sand ship the ghost ship ah. is in wind waker yeah 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 man <laughs> how stupid did you feel yeah yeah you... <laughs> yeah i like ran full speed into a wall on purpose yeah <laughs> so how many hours did you put into breath of the wild because that game well we don't forever. need to make fun of me no uh, no i'm at i genuinely <laughs> you don't need to bully me on your podcast i would uh, never <laughs> 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Happily, I, I, I feel like it's upwards of five hundred. I really do. I feel like because I played it and I beat it, and I also played it leisurely when I played it the first time. I explored the whole world. I got everything. I made sure I like beat Ganon when I had half of the stuff, and then I made sure to go through all the stuff and then oh, beat shit. it easily. <laughs> And then I sat on it for a moment and I went back to it and played, I think it's called Master Mode. Mm-hmm, and I also mm-hmm. played all the DLC both of those times. And so I didn't re-beat it once I was playing in Master Mode. I was like, on, I had definitely played my way through it. But I tried to get, I tried to be one of those guys that got all the, I forget, it's been like a year or two now since I did. So I don't remember. But what are the name, the Korok Seeds? There are yes. 900 of those in the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man. Whatever. I'm going to get all of them. There are 900 and I got 400. And then I, I feel, you know. <laughs> I feel like the pandemic became our own like Twilight Zone. Where we're like, well, there's time now. I can't right. collect all 900 seats. Like, I will get there. Totally. I, oh, man, I was going to finish all the video games and then certainly yeah. did not. I think it's impressive when any, like, I'm the kind of person who I'll finish a book, but I won't finish a video game. You know, I'll be like, Ugh, I'm tired now. And I'll just go to YouTube and watch the cutscenes, figure out the rest of the story and move on with my <laughs> life. I think it's like really impressive. Yeah. When you're like, I'm going to really like give it to the developers and like use the entire product. It's impressive. <laughs> now, I'm no gamer, but as far as I understand, there are other video games. Have you tried those, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I've played many video. Again, we really don't need to bully me on I'm your not, show. No, I'm I know. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm like, is there? a magic that like you just don't get when you're playing a non-Zelda video game? I mean, it is like Breath of the Wild, I think, is is the most joy I have playing a game, at least in, in a long while. And yeah, yeah, there are other games I love, but it is. And I, I started playing Breath of the Wild pre-COVID, so I felt this way before. But it was also great to play in quarantine because I don't really know another game that is as as much of an, an escape. Because it's right. like, it's an immersive world that you just run around in. You know, like Red Dead Re- Redemption is like this too. But mm-hmm. a big difference between Breath of the Wild and Red Dead Redemption is Red Dead Redemption is like trying to be real people. And mm. Zelda, you are just, there is nothing about it that echoes our world, not even from long ago. And it's also like the world and like the concept of Breath of the Wild is that it's hundreds of years after all of the other Zelda games, after Ganon has killed everyone. And that's very sad, but it also means that you're in a world with nothing in it. And, uh, like, literally, we're talking, like, it's silent, except you hear the wind, and there's, like, grass blowing. And I I would literally just run around being like, oh, yeah, this is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Love the outside. Nature, thank God. outdoors. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) How do video games update, like, in, I think you mentioned that, like, one of the games you were playing was a high-def, like, update. Like, yeah. Is, because that, that was a real issue for some movies, like, when, when you would watch them in HD and suddenly it looked like a community theater, like, yes. thing. Because you could, like, see the makeup in great contrast and all that stuff. Like, is there an added, like, sort of element of enjoyment for a video game that's updated in high-def? Oh, man, absolutely. And and also to that exact point, when they don't reskin an old game for HD and you play it on Switch, it is so noticeable. It is mm. 
It's interesting, though, because like 8-bit and 16-bit games. So one of the things on the Switch you can do is like the Nintendo Online is a monthly or yearly service you sign up for. And one of the things you get with that is online you can play NES, Super Nintendo, and most recently N64 games. Wow. And I think because we're just expecting to, like with 2D, you're not expecting anything. It's just 8-bit and 16-bit graphics. So playing the NES and Super Nintendo games, it's not really noticeable. I, I love it. I like 16-bit art. And most people are like, this is cool. But N64 games look like shit. <laughs> Switch. Right. They just They just do. Yeah. Am I am I allowed to curse? Am I not supposed to curse? Yeah. No, you yeah. get it. Oh. oh, okay. Oh, hey. Yeah, fuck yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. I, uh, <laughs> Joel, you made a face that made me think I had done something wrong. Is why I... Uh, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't control the facial expressions. They just happen. I don't know what they mean. Because uh, <laughs> we were like, what, what, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. And they're like, your face is doing a face. I don't know. I don't Yeah. No, 100% fair. What is, uh, what is something you think is overrated, Dave? Man, I thought about this a lot. And you know what I think is I've been it's been bugging me lately. Target. I think Target is overrated. Target. Whoa. Has, yeah. 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 That's right. Uh, <laughs> Strap in, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh back off. <laughs> Target has oh existed my. for a long time. And I was one of those Target people that was like, "Ooh, yeah, Target for so long because it was like, fuck Walmart. Walmart is the mm. great evil. They like put all these uh, smaller businesses out of business and they treat people like shit and they just are like the epitome of what capitalism is doing to all of us, right? And Target is like a better than that. It's nicer in there. Their products are better, blah, blah, blah. But mm. like they and recently, I think what pushed me over the edge is I've been to a lot of gross Targets. They're not all nice anymore. The right. standard of cleanliness and organization is, just doesn't exist in Targets anymore. And then the fact that I've been in some janky targets has reminded me that it's still a huge corporation that puts small businesses out of business by nature of them existing at all. <laughs> and so I yeah. like don't, you know, I uh, there's a tar I, there are like there's also a target uh, every three blocks in Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah, target owns Los Angeles now. Yeah, they really do. And the, the one on Beyonce uh, shopped at one and it was over. People were like, are we all going to target? Probably. <laughs> let's do it. Listen, it was it was a big moment for as a Beyonce fan. I'm like, Beyonce is just by herself at a Target in West Hollywood. What is happening? I agree. Like, Target has been accused, or well, accused. I don't know if they've actually been prosecuted, so I'll keep it at accused. But like, of a lot of wage theft, and they do the same thing that a lot of box stores do. It's just like, oh, things were stolen. Well, we are garnishing wages. Like, we are taking money out from the store. There will be less hours worked because we got to make up that money we lost when that thing was stolen, which is completely not the employee's fault. They are not even yeah. legally allowed to stop theft from happening as it's happening. Uh, you could easily get sued if you hurt someone thieving from a store. Like, you can't stop them. So what are they supposed to do? Right. Um, Literally, I didn't even know about this. So... Man. Oh yeah, I worked at no, an old Navy. They were like, <laughs> if things get stolen, let that person go. We have insurance. You will be liable if you harm somebody as they're trying to flee the store. So it's it's ridiculous. They have more money than God, and it's sort of insane. That being said, oh, it's really hard <laughs> to decolonize yourself from like major corporations. I'm trying to do it with Amazon. I just got off Audible. There's, I think it's called Last FM, which is like. They do audiobooks, but the money goes to a local bookstore of your choosing. How cute is that? I love audiobooks, but I don't have to give my money to Amazon. 
great. Target, the good ones, because I'm with you. Not all of them are great. <laughs> but, oh, the serotonin hit. Everything mm. is there. It's all oh, new man. and cute. I'm not supposed to be buying disposable things anymore, which is a lot of Target products. You're going to use them for maybe three years. It's not good for the environment. But that basket is so cute. And look at all oh, the man, things you couldn't could be hold. more right. The What it does, like the the way that they organize stimuli in a Target is what it is. The red dots and the red cart. And yeah. And I'm with you 100% yeah. too. I'm like, you know, on the one hand, I'm trying to decrease the amount of spending I do from major, major, major corporations as much as possible. But it's also like, you just can't. Like, at a, like you know, we're living. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, we're not rich. Uh, so you do have to make concessions here and there for what, like, you save money on. It's tough. It's just tough. I was just trying to get a broom <laughs> delivered because I'm, I'm back in the pod. I'm trying to save my outside time for things that are really important to me. And I was like, all I want is a broom. Yeah. I ordered from Target. You know, I love their Target delivery. It comes in four hours. That's super convenient. They wouldn't <laughs> deliver the broom. I was like, yeah. okay, no problem. I don't know if I want to, do I buy a broom from an independent seller? I don't know. It became such a thing and my floor was getting dirty and I was like, I'm just ordering from Amazon. I don't know what else to do. It's, it shouldn't be this much anxiety yeah. spiraling <laughs> over a broom and we just need one. So we're just going to order from Amazon and get it done. It's hard. It, but yes, probably you're right. Target is overrated, but they have Starbucks in them sometimes. And you can just shop and drink your coffee like a luxurious lady. Oh, it's yeah. great. You know what's the cool thing about Target, too, is I and I would imagine Walmart or any like major department store will do this for you, too. I like going to the book section and mm -hmm. the music and DVD section, because you if you just look at it, you know what's going on in the news. <laughs> you're, you're like, okay. Cause I'm like pretty, as much as I try to be cultured, I'm definitely pretty sheltered in both in my bubble and the fact that I'm 39, you know, right. I like, I'm just not like plugged into the world in the way I used to be. And if you go to the book, you're like, Oh, Oh, these books that are 30% off. They like have a book from Joe Biden and a book from Mike Pence. You're like, okay, <laughs> people still <laughs> listen to either of these people for some reason. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But not yeah. selling that great. Not selling it full price. I mean, I don't buy them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about what you think is underrated. And we're back. And I, I should just say here that this episode is brought to you by Target. <laughs> so, uh, no, that's not true. What is something that you think is underrated, Dave? I think the most underrated thing would be Target. Man, I love Target. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, you got to go there more. Yeah. Uh, runner up, Amazon.com. Have you heard of this? <laughs> they sell books online. No way. It's owned by this uh, this astronaut. <laughs> that is all he has ever wanted is to be like described right up top as astronaut. Yeah, billionaire astronaut Jeff Bezos. Yeah. A little bit of a reader. <laughs> uh, no, um, I honestly, I was actually saying before the break uh, how I'm like definitely not totally plugged into what the general, well, zeitgeist is hey. lately. This is underrated, at least in my world. And it's that show Afterlife on Netflix. Okay. I just like no one in my world is talking about it. Uh, comedians tend to tweet 
that they like really hate the Eternals all day, every day or whatever. And no one has said anything positively or negatively about this. And my girlfriend was like, you should check the show out. And uh, I tend to not really love Ricky Gervais, but it's in its third season on Netflix. And I think it's made by Channel 4 or something. I think it's a BBC, like a UK made show. And it's incredible. It's so funny. It's so dark. I mean, literally, like, the premise of the show is that Ricky Gervais's wife dies, and then he decides that nothing matters, and so he's going to be mean to everybody for fun, and that, if that goes wrong, his backup plan is killing himself. It's like oh, the oh darkest comedy I've ever seen. Right. And uh, Just in time for a world that needs a pick-me-up. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll give you a window into how I feel, I guess. <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> Wait, is it on HBO or Netflix? I'm it's on Netflix. It. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And it's called Afterlife. And uh, and also, like, I don't really, you know, I, I guess I'm an atheist. I don't, I, I don't believe in God or whatever, but I'm also not, like, whatever. I don't have any, it doesn't affect me, so I don't really think about that at all, and I don't care. So his whole atheism thing kind of annoys me and how it's, like, Wait, who? Ricky Gervais? Ricky Gervais. Ricky yeah. Gervais is an atheist? <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyone who's still loud about atheism in the public eye, I'm kind of like, are we not all atheists? And I don't know. <laughs> what, come on, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. But so that's why I didn't watch it. But then it's not really a big, it's not, I don't know. He doesn't get in your face. There's like one scene in one episode where he gets a little speechy about how there's no God and that's annoying. Mm -hmm. But the rest of it's just very funny and dark as hell. It's great. Hell yeah. Oh, that is truly underrated. I've not heard many people be into that. I do feel like he his wave kind of crested. And then like after yeah. the last time he hosted like the Golden Globes, everyone was like, OK, we get it. Like the Hollywood <laughs> yeah. Foreign Press doesn't care that you're an atheist, bro. Like and whatever he made next, nobody was going to pay attention to. So right. that's cool. That's a great underrated that we will uh, have great. to check out. All right. Well, uh, speaking of underrated, guys, have you, have you heard no, of this place, no. Cuba? Have you seen this? <laughs> oh, so boy. while the U.S. was like marshalling resources at the start of the COVID pandemic and talking about what needed to go where, uh, they kept trade embargoes in place that prevented Cuba from getting any sort of medical assistance, emergency help from the U.S. And yet at this point, Cuba has uh, a 90 percent vaccination rate near top of the world. Despite the fact that, you know, in a lot of ways, like the embargo really works to like keep the grocery shelves bare and it's hard to keep the lights on in Cuba. And yet they have completely nailed their COVID response, building their own vaccines, getting them distributed. And now they are in the process of starting to distribute their homegrown vaccines to the global south. They're planning on distributing like hundreds of thousands of them. And yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a story that like is getting some pickup, but mostly like getting amplified on Twitter. And when you go and look at like the CNBC article, uh, <laughs> like the mainstream media, uh, U.S. media article about it, like they're experts. They have to like go to like University of Nova Scotia professor and like a Glasgow professor because like American professors aren't allowed to like even like pay attention to Cuba in a positive way. And I don't know. It's an incredible underdog story. It's in, in many ways speaks to 
what is wrong with our current, you know, melding of capitalism and, you know, human rights and human life to to the point that it's a fucking mess here and you don't you don't really hear about it. Yeah, it's hard to hear about it when you're entrenched in it, I think. Like the idea that work isn't the f- key to happiness. Right. You know, it's such a hard concept to grasp. I think, uh, especially when we're looking at like happiness numbers, like, oh, our happiness has to come from our work because work is where we get our money. And in our culture, it's how we're supposed to define ourselves. I think, particularly if you live in LA, I rarely start a conversation with, oh, what do you like without saying, what is it that you do? Because that is how I define people. I think the US is going to have to have a reckoning at some point with that sort of ideology of like, (laughs) you know, the idea of like, well, what life has worth, you know, I can't remember the uh, senator who was like, they were asking him about giving money to like, parents who were low income. And they're like, I think before parents have children, money is a thing they need to be like, of course you dick we had a whole ass recession like like not more than a decade ago things happen things happen like we have to be able to give money and support people and i think we don't we're not interested in oh thanks justin that was wisconsin senator ron johnson the dick (laughs) i just feel like we we will continue to choose to ignore anyone who lives differently than us and only sort of focus on the problems they're having as opposed to address our capitalist system until it implodes, which, you know, every day, sooner rather than later. Right. I mean, I think it's a combination of ignoring and also, you know, making sure that they are, like, trying to damage them in as many ways as possible, obviously. like, <laughs> But, like, that's been the U.S. M.O. for decades and decades and Mm. it's i don't know that there's a really funny because i all of this led me to like ask the question oh they do those happiness polls i remember (laughs) like during the obama administration ancient history hearing like podcasts that were like it's amazing like america doesn't do well in these happiness polls where they like pull people and ask them about just like general like life satisfaction and i was like i wonder where cuba comes in cuba is 12th place in the world the u.s is i think 105th but the first like google result when i was like cuba the happy planet index was from the cato institute which is an institute i think run by the bad guy from the hunger games but it's (laughs) Yeah, he's the guy's like, yeah, you think we want to be like one of these cesspools, he calls them. And it's like Costa Rica, Vietnam. Uh, Interesting. A lot of countries that by definition, like that have been like kind of completely sealed off from the effects of global like Western capitalism because the U.S. has tried to fight them and seal them off so that they can't have all of the good, good stuff that we get to bring to other countries. Vietnam at number two, Cuba at number 12. So I remember listening to podcasts at that time and being like, yeah, that is like an interesting like question. And now it just seems so like the past decade has just been a one piece of evidence after another of like, oh, okay, this is very obviously like not a good system for the mental, spiritual, and physical wellness of a population like that we've both 
kind of we're sort of ground zero for, uh, but we're also like the number one exporter of. Also, the real nightmare. It's like instead of <laughs> trying to figure out how to make it better, we're like, no, they just need to be on our level. Like, right. <laughs> no happiness for you. Come join us here in capitalist. And it really psychotic. has been sinking in more and more exponentially more quickly as well over the past 10 years, right? To the point where like when I see pieces of news like this, like with Cuba uh, and their vaccine rollout, I'm like, I don't even know how to talk about it anymore because it feels, I feel like I'm being a baby or like I'm sounding like a baby. Because, you know, like it sounds sort of to be like, well, it capitalism is bad. You know what I mean? Like, and I, yes. right. And uh, it's sunk in. We just keep having evidence. And the people that don't agree with that, the people that uh, like continue to buy into it, which I'm not judge judging anybody in America anymore, by the way, I think that everyone is to a certain degree manipulated by, <laughs> by someone in power in this country. And it's funny. Can I, Oh, man, I'm going to like talk about my own stand up now. And I'm so sorry. But I no, uh, get it. Coming back to stand up after quarantine, I've started opening sets by saying my politics are different now. And it's true. And uh, my politics are different in the way that I've always been liberal. And now I want every single politician on Earth to die and uh, <laughs> or in America to die. And then I talk about how I want uh, everyone to die. And it's obviously, um, you know, being crazy and exaggerating. But you would not believe how unifying it is that people were like, yep. <laughs> no matter what kind of crowd I'm in front of, they're like, right. all of them, get them. Yeah, the Democrats, Republicans, take them down. Right. And, but even though that's true, when that we all sort of feel this weird, like, yeah, happiness is at an all-time low, disparity of wealth is, like, off the charts, heroin addiction is going crazy in this mm -hmm. country, and all sorts of other indicators of pain, People are like, yeah, but it's not as, you know, it's America. We're good. <laughs> and right. and uh, I don't know how, to, I guess what I'm saying is like, even though I know that this is true, I, I don't know how to talk about it. I, how do you make it sink in? How do you, and why can't we all agree to try to uh, make changes? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I just no, like no, I keep sure. having this conversation where it's like the current situation is hurting us and we all know it and we'll acknowledge it as it's sort of just like a reality of the world, but then no one does anything about it. And you're just sort of like made fun of if you're the type of person that's like, money is killing everyone. And right. everyone's just like, shut up. Yeah, I mean, I think what, one of the kind of biggest obstacles to fixing our system is like how deeply entrenched it is to, like all the supposedly like smart people, whether they be on TV or, you know, writing for newspapers, like the people who the people who make TV think are smart, like went to these Ivy League institutions that are run, like have multi-billion dollar, like, what's that word? Endowments. Uh, they there have multi-billion dollar endowments and are like just churn out like soldiers in this same thing. And they're the ones who tell us like it's not... It's not a serious worldview to criticize capitalism. And that, huh. yeah, I think that's like, there's just like a bunch of big chunks of like misinformation that I think we swallowed like generations ago and mm. that are continuously making it so that we just like don't like when the European settlers first came to the Americas, like, and the people who lived in America already, the indigenous Americans were like, 
Yo, you guys seem like incredibly unhappy. They had like very detailed, defined philosophical deconstructions of like Western thought and Western philosophy and materialism. And also the biggest problem that they had was that Western people who like came to the Americas would what they called go savage. Like they like they recognize anybody who encountered that way of life like recognized it was a better way of life and like they had to like put a bunch of laws and rules in place to keep people from defecting from the western way of life which makes sense of the fact that like america goes to war with anybody like the whole like domino thing of the western world needs to fight communism or you know any non-capitalistic ideology they were right. They do need to do that because anytime people are faced with capitalism versus that, they're like, ah, oh, fuck, fuck this thing. This makes us very unhappy and it's dehumanizing. So what live in community with folks wild, like right. actually take into consideration yeah. what's happening to your neighbor. Why would you do it? Right. Yeah, it's it's depressing to think about and also exhausting to think about. I think if there's any sort of like hope or silver lining to this, it's that we're seeing a lot of community efforts, a lot of grassroots efforts to be like, you know what, this is our space and we're just going to go ahead and yeah. take control of that as best we can. I think we'll probably continue to see a lot of that as the government continues to like refuse to help yeah. people. I would love to see a large action and it's hard because a lot of places that take these large actions are much smaller and therefore not at all easy, but simpler to organize those sorts right. of things. Less people, just less you have to do. But in the same way that like Iceland was like, you know, we're all just going to sit down until our banks get their shit together. We just refuse to work. Figure it out. But we're not mm -hmm. doing it. Absolutely. We'd love to see an American effort like that of just being like we particularly where student loans are considered because it impacts so many people across party lines. I, I, I It just seems to me that we could all just be like, no, right. no, we're just not going to give you yeah. our money. Yeah. Figure it out. But saying that, I feel like to Dave's like point about like that feels child like it feels like sitting down and not doing anything until the banks like figure their shit out. Like the immediate response would be like, come on, you got to get to work like you're an adult like type shit. Listen, you know? this is the same kind of thing they try to tell us all the time so that we don't form exactly. actions right yeah. it's like yeah. this idea of like you're just gonna sit in a place where you're not wanted black people how is that gonna right. we're just gonna sit here until y'all be like we're here do something right. about it move us gay people you're just marching through the streets half naked makes no sense it scares people you're gonna drive people away from your house you just have to get used to the fact that we're here and this is what we're doing now you will adjust i think that that's a, like where a lot of action comes from it's uncomfortable and people don't like it and like you're not behaving yourself well fuck you you're not listening there's right. we are out of options so yeah. Here, deal with it. I, I mean, there's really short of being like, well, now we're going to enact the same kind of harms that have been done to us, which I don't think solves anything. This is the best option is to just right. say, well, we stop. We're stopping here. This is our line. You have right. to adjust to that line. Yeah, I think I think that's that's right. And I think but it, it is really <laughs> hard to fight the internal like idea that that's unrealistic or unserious like sure, that's, sure yeah that's a but that's I, I think that's an important point that you you bring up like that i was for a long time went along with this shit you know like during the obama administration for instance just being like well sure. you know you gotta 
you gotta like make the corporations happy because they're the best way to like allocate all these goods and resources and any other solution or idea is like unrealistic and like when i first heard about bernie sanders i was like that's just unrealistic and he's gonna like right. fuck, fuck things up for the rest of us basically by <laughs> by getting trump elected i and, wonder too if part of it is like a, a cynicism that results from things like bernie getting shut down you know yeah yeah because i'm talking about even inside of like if you're in a room full of leftists and you say something like i, I don't know capitalism is killing us all you know everyone's like uh i yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah let's no go shit, partner man. with these giant corporations so we can give money to poor people always right. seems to be the response of like oh yes but also again to mm-hmm. both of your points what are we gonna do mm-hmm. i feel like it's it's the reason i i fully believe that sometimes the best community action is just information and 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 truly standing your ground it takes a lot of effort though uh, yeah. community organizing is it's such a task like, it's so hard it's hard to get people to convince people that it can happen that their participation will make a difference it's a lot of effort to especially if the people you're trying to organize are either disenfranchised meaning they don't have a lot of access to like basic needs or if they are living in in some level of poverty which most of the country is and literally have to work in order to like be there till is how yeah. do you convince someone to be like oh well i'm just not going to do it I have kids right. to eat. I don't have that option. Well, yeah, that's, man, I, yeah, that really is it, right? The battle is, like, convincing people, because I've been thinking a lot lately how, like, there are these, there are these realities of America and how America works that mm-hmm. have been there my entire life that I've just accepted, even if I didn't like them. Even right. Ever since I was a kid, I've been like, there's some, this is something wrong with this and this and this and this. Like, I've never thought that death was okay. Like, that's the most basic example. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that, included within American foreign policy is bombing other countries. I've never really thought that was good, but I've just sort of like, even as a child, I knew about it and I would be like, well, that's part of it. That's like what happens in a global world. Right. And then I don't know what happened in the past couple of years, but it like really all came crumbling down in my mind where I'm and There was some specific moment I had where I saw it on the news, like somewhere was bombed. And I was like, Wait, this isn't even okay at all. Like, what? <laughs> right. Wait, wait a second. Wait. I feel the same way about prison abolition, which right. people are like, that's impossible. Yes. What would you do with folks? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, mm-hmm. there's obviously a, a sect of the population that inherently does violence or has been, you know, visited violence upon them so much that that's their natural reaction. Some people have to be separated from, like, the main community, but they do not have to be housed in cells and treated like animals. And they do not have to be further brutalized by a system that we control right Right. and so the idea of prison abolition isn't let everyone out and be free but it's how do we actively help individuals like live in this world the counter argument to that type of actually productive reform is always well if we get rid of all the prisons then we're all going to get killed in our homes (laughs) and it's like we imprison so many people so many people we have too many mm-hmm. prisons and then yeah. like for-profit prisons which are legitimately just reflections of slavery which to me is so terrifying in the same way that like the whole mars corporation being like being indicted on child slavery here in america like it's horrifying to think like because i think when you think about things from the past you're like how do people i would never 
participate mm -hmm. in a system of slavery because I understand how it brutalizes people. But if you have eaten M&Ms in some way, you have participated yeah. in this act. It's right. horrifying to think about. But I also think that, like, it's just it's such a process, again, to to remove yourself from these systems that are so much more right. powerful than you are. And that's, again, why I just think community efforts are it's it's the wave of the future. It's maybe always been here, but I'm hoping especially that more young people and, and even old people like I'm trying to convince my parents that like prison abolition just as a possibility. Just right. Yeah. I like about you what you saying that I, I had never thought of how like a a a really powerful side effect or direct effect I would I I guess I would say of community organizing and local outreach is like the battle really is people learning and believing that their situation isn't just how it is. And that's like most of what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Whether we're like, like I was saying about just being someone who exists passively signing off on a bombing, which is like crazy to think of a 14 year old even do it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then like, you know, we all exist in a world where there are so many people without housing and as much as you can empathize, mm -hmm. it just is how it is. And you just sort of walk by it and managing that. But and, Dave, like, I think it's like, you have to see the example, like as right. Jamie Loftus's like whole movement to try to like eradicate homelessness in Los Angeles. is truly what like has right. inspired me to be like, well, where can I take action? And, the Jamie Loftus is, is big. Ellery Smith it does a yes. lot. She's inspired yes. me in this way. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. And I get. I guess what I'm driving at is I think, like, I just had never th thought that, like, as a result of that and people, like, starting to agree that their situation could change is what will make people then start joining a movement toward saying, fuck capitalism. I'd never really. Right. Well, sense, sense. thank you. <laughs> 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 we, we usually have another act, but I think we solved it. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Right we there. did it. You guys want to go to Target? <laughs> yes, let's yeah. go. Treat ourselves with some Target. Mm. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Rihanna. And we're back. And... Let's get to the real meat and potatoes. <laughs> Rihanna and ASAP Rocky are expecting just that's that's big. I think I think I don't I don't know. It's surprising. I didn't even know they were together because I don't really pay attention to celebrities. Oh, like, my God. Jack, it's been a thing. OK, listen, <laughs> I, as the sole black woman on the podcast, I'm going to just make some space here. First of all, this is like a very contentious relationship, right? Not between them. We don't really know what happens in their personal lives. They're very like together with it. But from an outside looking in, Rihanna was the baddest bitch, right? Like made yeah. billions of dollars, not on her music career. Mind blowing. Has released an album in seven years. The Navy, that's what her stand base is called. Still demanding new music. She's a businesswoman now. And I really feel like they have to move on. It's fine. She hasn't. She's recreated lingerie and the runway show like they're the things that have changed and been impacted in the way that we engage with not just our clothing but like our makeup and the fact that she was like one of these very early adapters to be like no we have shades for literally everyone and they're gonna be real specific and it's gonna be real good for your skin it's beautiful she has dated like 
billionaires from across the globe. Like every man wants her. Every woman wants to be her. Many women want to be with her. Like she is the icon. And then she gets with ASAP Rocky. Okay. First of all, just a beautiful human. Like he's so like yeah. proportions of the face, like immaculate. So nice to look at. But there is a feeling, and I'm not going to say, I don't know where I stand. I don't know enough about ASAP Rocky to know. But I do know enough about the discourse to know that some people are like, this guy is a bum. Why are you with him, Rihanna? Like, you are the icon. And I think a lot of times when we are starting to engage with, particularly when women start to engage with powerful women, they start to, like, see their own reflection in them, right? It's why women were very mad when Beyonce stayed with Jay-Z. They're like, but he hurt you. And we don't, we don't do it. We're proud, independent women. That's what the whole song was about. Why are you going back with your husband who cheated on you? If, and if you are that attractive and that talented and still getting cheated on, what hope is there for the rest of us? We put a lot of things on these, honestly, these other human beings that should, should not be there. But there's this like thought that Rihanna needs to be with someone like better or more evolved or making more money or for whatever reason. I think this baby is going to be a very interesting one because celebrity babies mean a lot to the culture right here we stand northwest if you don't know that's kanye and kim's first child she got a lot of attitude she was sitting in the front row of a lot of new york fashion weeks very early in her life crying and having a fit because that's not where babies are supposed to be but we were like look at this child go like she's her authentic self she doesn't care that there's a bunch of wealthy rich individuals trying to change fashion she just wants to go home with her teddy bear, she's tired. We like Blue Ivy because she once looked down at a balcony from us when she was three and was like, these peasants. Like, she didn't say that, but her face was clearly like, I don't know what these people are doing on the street. It's gross down there. Why are they not all up in high rises like me? It's confusing. Rihanna is like a woman of like the street. And by that, I mean, she's Barbadian. She loves street culture. She likes like all of her like staff and stylists and stuff are like just very down to earth people again this is the projection that they put out there i don't really know what's happening behind the scenes i imagine that her child is also going to be embodying a lot of those aesthetics and those ideals will her little baby be playing basketball on the street with other kids you know are they gonna be roller skating around what new trends are we going to be following you know beyonce taught us with her child like listen your little black baby should have their little natural hair and like, don't worry about what other people say about it. It's too exhausting to deal with. I'm really excited to see what happens here. I'm excited for like Rihanna paternity clothes. Honestly, the future is unlimited. Like what this baby, I don't want to compare it to Jesus because that's a lot to put on a child, but I just think you know. a lot of new comings, a lot of new things are about to pop up. It's going to be exciting for all of us. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a lot. To put on a baby, but, you know, <laughs> Rihanna has been, been up to it before. <laughs> so what what's the, the ASAP Rocky? Like, do people know who ASAP Rocky is? He's, like, very good rapper and sort of a fashion icon, but has had some very problematic takes. Is that Are the problematic takes, like, where the this guy's a bum are coming from? Uh, yeah, mostly because he had, a, like, a lot of colorism issues, particularly when it comes to women, saying some things about dark skin women. Let me see if I can find the direct quotes so that we are not paraphrasing but yes that was the main issue again particularly for somebody who you know rihanna has done a lot to say like hey no matter what your shade you're gorgeous and she is not like a light-skinned woman herself she's like the spectrum is hard and it's really hard to talk about race as a light-skinned woman myself i try to be very like cautious and open about it but 
I, I do think that a lot of black women are like, why are you with somebody who would say things like, but for real, for me, I feel like with the red lipstick thing, it all depends on the pair of complexion. I'm just being for real. You have to be fair skinned to get away with that, which is insane. A lot of dark skinned black women have really rocked a red lipstick and it's amazing. What do darker skinned girls have that, you know, fair skinned girls can't do? Purple lipstick? No, that looks stupid on all girls. <sighs> so basically, he's left his listeners with like, black skinned women can't be beautiful or can't wear like any color? Like, what was the solution to this? Why would you say something like that? Was he, I, I don't know what his state of mind was at the time, but it's mean to say these sorts of things and also factually incorrect. So yeah, I really think that's the the issue for a lot of people. It's just like, we mm. just want it better for you, queen. Mm. <laughs> Who? She, she dated Leonardo DiCaprio at one point, which I felt really bad for her at that point. For, <laughs> for having to be with Leo? Yeah. For, I don't know. Like, he was, like, in his mid to late 40s, and I had heard the Wait, story about how he... Wait, I am going to jump in. I don't think she actually dated him. It was a rumor. I think he was it's trying like to get joke. with her. It's lore, but oh. she never actually dated Leonardo DiCaprio. If anything, Becca. it's been... Oh, my God. A rumor perpetuated by Hunter Harris on her newsletter in many places. <laughs> she loves the idea, the thought project, but okay. it is not also true. perpetuated by Jack. Yeah, I mean uh, it is and like Jack. kind of part of my core <laughs> belief uh, yeah. system that I try and put out there. That you know, puffy middle-aged white guys are worthy of Rihanna. That's always been my my stance. Uh, Becca also included this quote in the chat in response to the quote I read earlier. He said. I did not sign up to be no political activist. This was in a feature with Time Out. I want to talk about my motherfucking lean, my best friend dying, the girls that come in and out of my life, the jiggy fashion that I wear. My new inspirations is drugs. (laughs) (laughs) New inspiration and drugs. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you, Jack. I know very little about like celebrity news. So this is all news to me. What an idiot he is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just learning in real time that this dude like sucks full speed. But um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> but also, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know if it's it's not really new that powerful people date a moron. I just right. don't know mm. if we're used to it being a woman. Right. And uh, so sure. I, I'm kind of into it. Uh, like, hell yeah. Yeah. You're like uh, you run a fashion line. You're a superstar <laughs> and you just want to like fuck this hot guy. Hell yeah. Do it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Get it. Yeah. It was funny. When I woke up this morning, my group chat was in a tailspin. My favorite comment was, bad bitch down. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think having a baby is going to steal any of Rihanna's style or the piercing way she could just look into somebody and, like, destroy them. But I do think that for a lot of folks, like... Like, let's take a look at the photo shoot. Okay. I'm not a New York person, so I can't give 100% context. I have a lot of New York friends in a specific group chat. They were upset at, like, just where a, where they assume Rocky took her to take these pictures. Beyonce had, like, their beach house in Florida, ocean, like, gauze-covered, like, heart-shaped, beautiful bouquets. Nikki did, like, a whole rainbow thing, which was very her aesthetic. No, again, Rihanna is like street fashion, down to earth. It makes sense. But apparently they're on like a corner in New York where there's something called dinosaur barbecue that apparently is the pits. It's terrible. Apparently yeah, not place. like not like a fashion styly area, not a place where Rihanna has really left her mark. Some conversation happening about how they couldn't go to Brooklyn because that's where JC is. They're trying to be different. Like literally every 
everything that goes wrong in this relationship will be Aesop's fault. <laughs> it doesn't matter who did it. It doesn't matter because the crew stands Rihanna. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny to imagine this guy just being like, hey, Rihanna, you want to go to Dinosaur Barbecue? <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> She's right. like, can we post made it? Nah, I, <laughs> I want to be there with you. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> oh man, his body language is also just in the photos. Just <laughs> looks like a high school guy with like a girlfriend yeah, totally. for the first time. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, totally. This is my girl. <laughs> is it the sweater vest? Yeah, it might be that. <laughs> but it's also just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, more will be revealed, right? This is I, I'm. I feel fortunate. You you are uh, on this beat very clearly. And, yeah, uh, so happy to help. Yeah. So Ooh. glad to be here <laughs> in this time of need to really break it down for the listeners. It's important. Yeah. Important so news. It, was, <laughs> it was a like intended planned photo shoot where she debuted her baby bump. Is kind of now. How oh, it came together. here's another same thing I wanted to bring up. She did not post this on any of her social medias. It's clearly mm. a staged photograph to some degree like and this is not the hurry like everyone's makeup is done like there's several different poses in this one space but it's not on any of rihanna's accounts she did not post it i tried to find before we started like who, where this photo originally came from i know a paparazzo did take a photo just of her belly it <laughs> it is the middle of winter it's out like it's just a lot is happening in these photos, and I don't know who broke the news. I'm sure they sold this drop to somebody exclusively for buco yeah. dollars, because why would you not? I have know. tried this look before, and it doesn't work as well on me. Uh, because So <laughs> it's, a, it's a park. Uh, it's a park. Yeah, that's what I was lacking is the belly chance. It's, a, it's like mm. a, a winter coat, like kind of ankle length winter coat with just the top button buttoned and then the belly coming out underneath and it looks great would not look great on me you know what this says <laughs> to me experience. rihanna's gonna remain rihanna she was like no mm -hmm. it i just so y'all don't get it twisted i'm still rihanna like yes. belly out no bra like low-rise jeans i do not care and again just wonderful for all of us i look forward to the new way moms give birth after she decides to do it however she decides to do it if she do it in a pool it's just, ugh, so many questions mm. Is she going to well, have the baby here? Will it be American? Or is she going to go back to Barbados and have the baby there? Right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. It, it's overwhelming. It it's a lot. but uh, It is a lot. Yeah. You know, that I feel <laughs> like did, didn't Barbados like give her a national day? Oh, yeah. A national. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she, she many a national honor. I love a running joke where Jamaica is trying to steal her. <laughs> yeah, and she claims it. She claims it so hard, like that's her Google description. She's a Barbadian singer, right? I do feel like that Google, would be so, a yeah. good place to grow up, uh, personally. Like if it does look beautiful, <laughs> and your mom is the like unofficial <laughs> queen of and knight. let's not get it twisted, Jack. Rihanna's the unofficial queen of wherever she is. Okay? Right, that's true. <laughs> wherever that's she fair. is, Rihanna's going to be taken care of. I'm thinking in my own broken way where I'm like always trying to find an edge, you know? These people <laughs> seem to like me. Uh, maybe I should go over there. Well, Dave, such a pleasure having you on TDZ today. Ah, oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? I'm at Dave to the Ross on everything, D-A-V-E-T-O-T-H-E-R-O-S-S. -S. My website's DaveToTheRoss.com. 
And uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. If you want more of me, go to yeah. any of those places. And please, if you uh, if you thought I was funny, listen to my podcast. Uh, it's the best. It's what? What's it called? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's called What's It Called? And called uh, we don't called? we don't know what it's called. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, uh, man, uh, I feel like I'm super late in the game. I feel like this came out so long ago, but just last night I saw the um, video of the cat that loves watching the Grinch. <laughs> Have you seen it? Uh, <laughs> there's a cat that, and it, we're not talking like every, the Grinch comes on and the cat gets all hot and bothered. The video is of the cat standing outside of its owner's room, meowing at it until the owner comes in, puts on the Grinch, and then the cat sits on the couch and watches the entirety of the Grinch. And this is like a regular <laughs> occurrence in this. I mean, so precious. Not <laughs> yeah. at yeah. all unlike parenting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, Joel, wonderful having you on as always. Where can people find you and follow you? Thanks for having me back. It was a blast. Y'all know you can find me all over the internet. It's Joel Monique. It's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. Danielle Weisberg tweeted, carb tomato cheese. It's the best thing our species yeah. has ever done. Pizza, perfect. Quesadillas with salsa, genius. Grilled cheese <laughs> with ketchup or tomato soup, joyful. Pasta with marinara and parm, beautiful. <laughs> carb, tomato, cheese. That's where it's at. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, a blessed combination. And then one more from underscore pem underscore pem. When I was a kid, all I ever wanted to be was adult enough to have errands. I thought it was so cool and chic to have to run around the city doing things. And I got to say, it's lived up to the hype. Is there anything better than being like, I have six places to go. I have money to spend and I'm ready. I don't think so. It is great. an ideal. And in the pandemic where I'm really missing it, ugh, cannot wait to be back out in these streets. It's almost exclusively because the feeling of finishing anything uh, beats mm. all other feelings. Right. Truth. And to finish five things in a day, even if it's just, you know, buying milk and sending a letter. Holy moly. The way I will feeling. rest for six days afterwards. Like, you know, I accomplished <laughs> things already. <laughs> Done. Spike the milk on the ground. Yeah, totally. Pour it on the letter. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. A uh, couple tweets I've been enjoying, kind of in the same vein. Sam at Samuel Lanier tweeted, snowstorms are a great time for men to go on little missions. And I do miss that about snowstorms. We don't have weather out here. Oh, and then Meth Waffles tweeted, they should serve cigarettes at McDonald's, which is just true. That's, yeah. I, I can't believe they haven't hit on that yet. A nice cigarette after a double-double? Yeah. Get on it. <laughs> I mean, they, like at some point, they're going to just steer into the spiral and just be like, no, fuck it. Like, you, you don't come to us for health food, and uh, <laughs> this is... You can oh, I see it. the vision. They're I'm also now a gas station. Yeah. That's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. Just like, For I'll have a number sure. three with a Jim Beam. <laughs> uh. Yes. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes! Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. And 
super producer, Justin, coming in off the top ropes. Thank you so much for the intro, Jack. Everyone out there should go listen to Serpents with Feet, uh, especially this track, Heartstorm, that he did with one of my favorite artists, a London-based a singer named Now in AO. A beautiful, beautiful voice. The composition that Serpent with Feet uses on all of his songs just strikes me as very innovative uh evokes a lot of imagery in my head mm. and this track is special it's called Heartstorm. uh we're both now and serpent with feet just really their voices elevate the production of the track the feeling that swells in your heart that you get that wave of love and euphoria that you get when you are really falling in deep with someone it's, it's like the heavens opening up and showering you with a beautiful summer rain. That's Damn. exactly what this track evokes, and everyone should check it out. That's Serpent with Feet uh, featuring now Heartstorm, and you can check that out in the footnotes. All right. <laughs> I need to get you to describe things more. That was beautiful. All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And we'll talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye.